0: Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gem podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Loewenbrand. i I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision and also host of this podcast. Today we have a guest from HubSpot and it's their own Senior Customer Success Manager who's also an expert in how to align sales and marketing and customer success, of course, as well as many other things. And I've helped numerous of companies to hit it and really excel in these areas. So with that very, very short introduction, welcome to today's podcast, Sean.
1: Hey, Jacob. Uh, Great to be here. And thanks for the the warm introduction.
0: Yeah. So... uh, Awesome to have you on the podcast, and I'm so interested to discuss all these quite important things for a B2B company to get their sales and marketing to work as a, as a clock and so on. But before we dive into that, maybe you can give us a little bit of a view. You know, who's who's
1: Sean Reed and what have you been up to, and what's your hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> um, if this was a visual medium, you would have that hobby part uh, answered immediately, because from my own home office uh, in Kildare in Ireland. Uh, I am surrounded by a lot of Lego. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> so right. I am a, one of the, like, I'm very serious when it comes to work and I'm very serious when it comes to my job. But as soon as the doors close and five o'clock rolls, I just become the biggest kid. Uh, so just surrounded by a lot of Lego at the moment. Wow. <laughs> but outside of, yeah, uh, I mean, outside of that myself, I'm where do I start? I'm marketer by background, also in PR. Uh, dabbled in journalism for a little while, but uh, marketing really took over for myself. Um, so I spent a lot of time working in the tourism sector, uh, doing a lot of work on cross-promotional activities for quite a few different tourist attractions in Dublin and uh, the greater Dublin region. But then I moved on to HubSpot um, about five years and eight months ago. Um, when it was only on the marketing software side of things. So we weren't offering a sales solution at that stage, certainly weren't offering service. It was the the marketing product. But when I joined, I was able to grow with um, seeing how the software evolved with our growing market and how businesses uh, evolved throughout the years as well. Um, so with my own role, I'm a customer success manager, like you said. Um, it's a role that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people but the way I look at it is is I'm kind of like your trusted advisor when it comes to your inbound strategies so as you're starting to think about sales and marketing alignment um, optimizing your website for conversions or whatever it may be uh, I can lean in with my experience and my own trainings and also seeing what I've uh, seen, what the thousands of customers I've worked with at this stage um, over what they've done and what's worked for them.
0: Yeah, great, interesting uh, background, and, and uh, as probably most listeners know, HubSpot is an awesome company doing uh, marketing uh, automation software at the beginning, but also CRM and service uh, software and so on becoming a mini Salesforce, basically. And also a disclaimer there, yes, uh, <laughs> Bright Vision is a HubSpot uh, partner. So so we have a, a little bit of relationship to HubSpot, I would say, <laughs> so definitely, uh, For sure. yeah. And uh, so that's awesome to hear. Um, so when you work with clients who want to set up their processes, of, of course, they're probably a HubSpot user or, or client yours, you work with them but what are the most common problems you see when a company have maybe implemented the systems and wanted to get their sales and marketing up to speed and you know getting their leverage on the investments and the processes they're built what are the typical mistakes and traps or things that make it hard to unleash that return on investment
1: i think the biggest thing is communication internally and I've often seen it where someone would be tasked on like in a company as the HubSpot guy they'll be the one who's told this is your baby you're going to run HubSpot but that might be a marketer and they might have no sales experience or no real insights to what sales methodologies are or how does sales maximize their time or what's important to them so they'll make a lot of assumptions of well the tool does x y and z so that's what sales needs and then in the end the sales team could be looking for something completely different with the software uh, or they might be things in place that they could speed up on but because they're not talking to each other about let's use HubSpot together it can delay a lot of things and that goes both ways I've seen it where folks have come in from the sales side, and then later get marketing, and the the HubSpot person is not talking to marketing. So that's always my number one thing. Whenever I talk to someone who is using the sales and marketing tools, or the service and sales tools, it's like, okay, great that I'm talking to you, but are you talking to the other folks on your other teams about this? Because if you're not, that's going to slow things down for you. Um, and I always say the tools are incredible. The tools are very, very powerful, but they're only really powerful if you use them. <laughs> so that's my other part when it comes to ROI is, you know, start using the tools. Um, and I'll always include with that, the tools themselves are not just the software tools. Uh, HubSpot offers a whole range of support for our customers uh, beyond, say, the tech support teams. You have well, you have them, but you also have the academy. You have our community. You have so many awesome resources out there available to you that hundred percent utilize. Um, there's some of the best trainings I've seen any company generated, and I'm not just saying that because I work in Hubspot, I I genuinely am often taken aback with the quality of what's been put up there on a strategic level. So utilize those. Um, they always help people out. Oh, interesting. So um Communication
0: and getting everybody on the same page, so to say, is really important <laughs> to get, it, uh, get the leverage. And I suppose these are problems that we typically uh, sort in under the area of sales and marketing alignment, which is a hard <laughs> thing to, to work with and solve. And uh, I suppose uh, you see a lot of companies uh, that have also succeeded and done this well, what do you think is is you know typical for a company who who does this alignment well?
1: Um, I think the first thing it they have that communication that's just so clear. Marketing knows what sales need, and sales knows what to tell marketing from what they've seen on their prospecting calls. Like yeah. they'll feed back to them and say, "We've noticed this trend is coming in from folks that we're speaking to," so. How do we create content to get ahead of that? Or we've noticed that when we're speaking to our prospects, they often bring up this little pain point. But we know there's resources on our website that can help with that or help educate them on that. So what do we do to get that in front of them before that prospecting call? That kind of talk is excellent, and it's often we we see. This thing of going like, well, sales and marketing alignment is basically meant to be sales turnaround to marketing going, you need to send me X amount of leads. And that's it. We don't look at it the other way. And that's where the successful companies come in of marketing turnaround the sales going, tell us what we could be producing as content. Watch, like I say, trends are you spotting with that? So that's like the big, big, big common ground I've seen with successful sales and marketing alignment. The other part is really robust lead scoring. And this is a topic that I don't know what's in the air, but I think in 2020, I've talked about lead scoring more than any other topic uh, when it comes to my own uh, customer base. And with lead scoring, sometimes the biggest fault there is one team will just go in and say, this is our score. It's very basic and that's it. But when the two teams come together, like I said, sales and marketing and say, this is how we're going to set up our cadences for lead scoring. We're going to divide this up to go. Our lead scoring will help spot people for, for marketing to be able to um, send more qualified content towards to try to learn more about them. It will then, after that, surface people who have engaged that content so that sales can jump in on a really hot lead. But then the fast last part to go, the lead scoring will also surface cross-sell opportunities first as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot you can go into with that. But it's, if you get that as being like your first sales and marketing alignment project is setting up a lead scoring system and the automation that goes with it, it takes care of everything else afterwards. And it's an immediate win once it's done.
0: Awesome. So lead scoring, that's a great way to, to work together as well. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Good to know. One thing um, that I know HubSpot I've worked a lot on on the last uh, year and which is also a, a very big trend, of course, today is, is account-based marketing and the ABM mm-hmm. functions and so forth. And uh, yeah, as an agency in B2B and technology marketing, we have a lot of ABM campaigns going on. So so I think the trend is quite clear that we go towards niche campaigns where you carve out small segments of companies or uh, industry-focused uh, campaigns that are quite uh, relative, uh, relatively small, so to say, uh, in, compared to... Uh, previous years when we have done broader campaigns. So um, mm-hmm. I know HubSpot have you know, tried to work out functions and features that can support this way of working. Can you talk a little bit about how can you tweak your systems and marketing automation platform in HubSpot to, to support an ABM setup?
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing with that, and I've noticed a trend that when the ABM tools got launched, We had a lot of people asking about it for so long of saying, we want ABM functionality. We want this, that as soon as it got launched, people just dove straight in and started adding these companies and going, these are who we're gonna track. And this is what we're gonna look at. But then it would take a while to yield results because there was no real strategy put into why are you targeting these companies? Or what are you doing to track the automation that could exist? to help when you spot someone from this company interacting with your website? How does sales get involved with this? How does marketing get involved with it? So I feel like if you want to get the most out of the ABM tools in HubSpot, don't just dive straight into the ABM tool. Take a step back and go, let us set up a project in the project section of the tool and go, let's build out this strategy. What is it exactly that makes us go, these are the companies that we want to target? What trends are here with them? And then what does their org structure look like? Is it very easy for us to be able to determine who our main decision makers are going to be? Do we know what departments we need to get involved with in this? What is the opportunity for cross-sell or upsell that exists with this? Um, even things like, is there a parent-child relationship that could exist with this company and another one that we need to consider? Once that strategy is in place, then I'd say you can now start targeting your uh the companies you want to put into the ABM functionality. But how the tool itself helps beyond that then is, like you mentioned, automation. Being able to build out workflows to go, if we have an interaction point from someone in these orgs, let's send them more personalized content that we know is going to be really gratifying to them because we know about their company. We've done the research on their company. It's so much more tailored than the normal message I might send because you've downloaded a white paper. Um, really showcase that you care about them and care about their business and take the time to nurture them that way. Um, so the automation, massive, massive part of it. Um, but then we also have the the sales functionality in there as well that will help out with our ABM, like getting re- really strong playbooks put in place, making sure we use, say, our sequences to um, not just say, let's send out these emails to someone but you use it to go create tasks to connect on social media with people from these businesses to try source out a different contact that could exist with them to use sequences then to keep up to date with these companies because if you want the abm strategy to work to its full potential it shouldn't be reactory it should be both proactive and reactive both kicking in and those tools would definitely help you out with building that strategy out
0: Awesome, so, um, so the tools, uh, yeah, just so I get it here, uh, since the ABM functionality is spread out on, on a, quite a few tools in there, so we have the target list in, in the list section or, or the contacting company section, uh, which is probably one of the base functionalities there. Uh, Yep. Then we have the playbooks that can support the salespersons. On the marketing side, uh, what functionalities did you highlight there uh, as you see us directly implementing ABM, so to say?
1: So <clears throat> I will be saying your workflow tool for those nurturing paths, but also looking at using smart content. So oh. with your CTAs and which your forms, starting to use those to display a more tailored message toward those companies. Like if you know for a fact that this is a business that I'm trying to target or that I want to start really building a strong relationship with, why not take the time to go, if someone's coming from that company, I'm going to make this content offer be much, much more heavily tailored towards their needs. Now, I'm not at all suggesting be, be, be big brother with this. Like don't put in your CTA Hey, your company name. Like it's, you know, c- come here. It's like no one engages with that. It's more about being able to know that that's the kind of content that that company will resonate strongly with, or we can see there's a history of them engaging with particular types of content. So let's make sure that's front and center in front of them at all times.
0: Ah, oh, great. Then we then we get it. <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot of companies uh, really interested in, you know, getting the ABM set up to work in HubSpot. So really interesting to hear about that. And uh, yeah, from from that perspective, what do you think uh, is the areas where HubSpot is investing most of their time and development resources right now? What do you see coming around the corner in, in terms of needs of marketing and sales professionals?
1: I think the ABM functionality is a big piece. Like if we look at inbound just gone, there was a lot of focus there on what we're doing with that because it was such a heavily requested feature. Um, like It's one of those things that I think I would have heard about early on in my time with HubSpot, even before we brought in sales functionality, there's requests for this. So we're not done. There's still a lot more down the line to come with making that section be as powerful as it can be. But if I was to hedge my bets on where we're going as a company, we're looking very much at how the world has changed in 2020. And I don't just mean like in the pandemic side of things. I think it's highlighted a lot of changes existing with businesses now in that how we work is different. Um, How we consume media is now different and how we interact with companies is now different. So a lot of what we're looking at it's definitely how do we change with this changing world that we're in? So how do we enable folks to do their best job? How do I make sure you're the best sales rep on your company or you're the leading marketing executive that exists? So I think a lot of that is tied down to reporting as well. Now, our reporting functionality is always adapting, it's always changing. But if you look at things like the attribution reporting that has come out or the recent sales functionality of like the today view for sales reps, where you can see everything that's in your calendar, all your meetings, all your upcoming tasks, whatever it may be. Um, And the sales analytics dashboards as well. There's been heavy investment in that. So I think that is ultimately going to be a big, big, big focus for us is more quality data that helps folks do their best job.
0: Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account based marketing and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. interesting i totally agree there's happened a lot of things in the dashboard and reporting sections over the last 18 months or so so uh really interesting to see what's coming up there next um do you see anything uh i mean there's a lot of buzz about artificial intelligence in marketing and sales do you see any place where hubspot will do any initiatives in this area in the near future
1: Well, I think the bots uh, functionality that we built with the chat flows features has been a big key with getting folks used to that. Because you're right, I think if you don't have a bot right now on your website, you're missing out on both a marketing and sales perspective. Uh, um, and previously, I'd say a lot of people were turned off from building a bot because it seems so technical to build out. And it seems like it'd be a massive time investment with so much maintenance going into that, that you wonder, is it really worth it? But what I've loved about what we've done with bots is it's kept that in mind. We definitely know that the person who's going to go in and build a bot, probably their first time doing it. And they probably don't have the heavy tech resources that some other businesses will have. So I think what we've done with bots is catering for that. And it's done a lot for the guy who's just starting can go in and build up something and go, wow, not only does this bot like, get like direct messages in here, it's able to get tasks assigned to a particular rep or to get an email sent out in this way or, or to update a property. Or they're amazed with how much they can do with it and kind of kick themselves is what I've seen sometimes. I go, why did I spend, wait so long to get a bot built? I did not realize it was actually going to be this straightforward for me to do. So, with that in mind, since we're going to see more and more and more people using bots, of course, we have to make sure folks kind of rethink a little bit of how they start that lead conversion journey. I think we're going to get to a stage where we're no longer just reliant on this is the landing page, you submit your form, and then we start nurturing. I think the bots are definitely going to have a lot bigger play in that. that people are going to want to start that bot conversation and go, I'm looking for this resource or I'm looking for this information and have that be the thing that puts the right guide for your prospect in front of them. But it's also going to be a potential to collect a lot of information about people that will really help make sure that you're getting in front of the right people as well. So long-winded way of me saying Yes, I think bots are becoming a much much bigger thing for everyone across the board, um, and I don't think we're done with the potential with it. But a lot of it is also going to be rethinking a few things of where bots sit in the journey of marketing into sales.
0: Mm, yeah, great answer, and uh, very interesting to hear about bots. And uh, totally agree. i um, another thing that I have you know really caught my attention regarding hubspot over the last two years is the explosion of third-party integration and the app market so to say there's a bunch of uh, companies in there offering everything plugins and extra functionality and so forth i think it's it's well over 500 companies in there or something like that so uh it's it's growing massively so that is really interesting to see. What kind of plugin functionality do you see as the most interesting or most uh, efficiency improving uh, things to, to look at if you're running an HubSpot instance and haven't explored the app market, so to say?
1: I'll say this. I remember when, if you went into the app section of your HubSpot account and want to connect an app, I remember it being a handful of apps So you could keep up to date with everything that was happening with them. And I could tell you information about every single one of those apps. I just knew how they worked. Now I often regularly get onto calls and a customer is telling me about an app they found in the app marketplace. And that's my first time hearing about it as well and go, wow, I didn't realize we have that connection. (laughs) That's awesome. But that just shows how, yeah, it just shows how adaptable it's been though. And We've not made that a secret either. Um, we've wanted this to be the way things are with this because no company just uses one software. Um, I like. I would love if someone turned around to me and said they run their entire business on, on HubSpot and nothing else, but that's not the way businesses work. Um, you will get different things for different teams that they will find benefit out of. So it makes... T- total sense to go well what do we do to make sure that those two bits of software sing together and that every team gets the benefit even a team who might not live in HubSpot at all they're still able to send information across into a HubSpot account that benefits the marketing or sales teams or whoever it may be Mm -hmm. Um, or if they use HubSpot as the central source of truth for all their reporting Mm -hmm. it could be a massive benefit so I'm I'm I get so excited when I hear about like how much that app marketplace is growing. But from my perspective, if I was to say that there was apps in there that are my go-tos for say, even the sales and marketing alignment strategy are just really hitting the ground running. um, Big ones for me are the Zoom integration. So again, thinking about the world we're in uh, right now. And I don't think when things go back to normal, that we're not going to see it. Decline in the amount of Zoom meetings that are going to exist, remote work is just going to become the thing. Mm. So that integration just makes everyone's life easier with it. I'm a big fan of it. I'm also, a, was so excited when the sales navigator integration kicked in as well. Um, again, something that was requested quite a bit. And I, inside of HubSpot, if I peel the curtain back a little bit, I spent a lot of time on that sales and marketing alignment strategy. And I spoke with a lot of customers who, not even my own ones, I would regularly get on calls to help folks build that out. Mm -hmm. And often I would always hear, well, what about Sales Navigator? It's such an important part of our prospecting. How do we fit that in with HubSpot? So when that integration became reality, I was ecstatic. I think if you have a LinkedIn account and your sales team are using HubSpot, you need to get set up with the integration. It's just too important of a piece of the puzzle for you to leave out. Hmm. But they would be, I'd say kind of top of mind, the two biggest ones. I guess the last one I'm also would be saying is our Google Search Console integration. Mm -hmm. Um, Because look, let's all be honest, Google are the best at what they do. And when it comes to website data, I will trust Google and what they say. So by linking Search Console with HubSpot, it means that you're getting the most accurate data you can possibly get um, from all your analytics. So connect the two. So of the hundreds that are there in that marketplace, I'd say those are the big ones. I guess if I was to throw in a fourth bonus one, uh, PySync. Um, They've been a big reason why we've been able to bring so many integrations in place here and why the marketplace has exploded. But if you have any interest in connecting so many different softwares together, having a look at the PySync integration is an also excellent piece to go with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's uh, great tips and uh, really <laughs> low-hanging fruits for a lot of companies. I, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, companies who have missed those uh, <laughs> really top integrations to, yeah. to actually look into. So, yeah. Really I'll good. be honest
1: with uh, you, Jacob. On, on that, I will always say to everyone when I'm talking to him, my first call, like towards, say, the last 10 minutes of the first call I have with someone, I will make sure we carve out that time to go, let's go into the marketplace and I want you to type in the name of every software you use. And I don't mind if you turn around to me and say like, oh, well, are you just doing this because is this is this an upsell technique or is this a, you're trying to figure out what I'm using to replace old HubSpot? I say 100% not. Mm-hmm. I just think that that marketplace is so vast that you are missing a massive trick If you're not just spending those 10 minutes typing every single name into that search engine and finding some way of connecting with HubSpot, Um, everyone just wins if the connection's there. And if it's not, our APIs are open. So why not reach out to an agency who could potentially do it or someone and say, can we work on getting something integrated here? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Great. Uh, totally agree. And, uh, it's fascinating to see how much, uh, connections HubSpot have built out and, uh, and been becoming a really major platform in the marketing and sales software space. So awesome. And uh, uh, we could probably chat about HubSpot for hours, but I know you're a busy guy here. So let's conclude with one question, <laughs> <laughs> one last question. If there's one thing you would like to recommend a B2B marketing manager to focus on for two, uh, 2021, and you know, invest in and build a process around or something like that,
1: what would that be? I would be looking, I'm going to cheat and say there's two things that I would want them to really invest in. One goes right back to the topic we mentioned at the start of this podcast, align with your sales team. Build out a lead scoring model. I think so many companies just don't invest the time in it, but I have yet to see a company invest a massive amount of time into lead scoring and not be glad that they did it. Um, the results there are excellent. And as a cheap plug, I will say, if you're ever are looking for a tip on that, uh, if you go into the community, I've our HubSpot community, I've written a post that I share with so many customers where we use a model called Radar Research Revenue. Check out that article, um, and it can help you get built up a lot with your lead scoring system. So invest in that and align with your team. And then the second part, again, uh, your think about your SEO. I think SEO is one of those things that will always be a constant, but I'm still amazed at how many folks would still have an SEO strategy that's 10 years old. And Google is an ever-evolving beast its algorithm is ever evolving. So the strategies you would have implemented 10 years ago are so incredibly out of date now, and it's costing you leads. It's costing you visits. So if you haven't given a serious time to go back into your SEO, make it a 2021 top priority. Think about how you structure your content. Think about how you're building up a pillar page strategy, um, use our tools to help you out with that and map it out. They're great for that reason, but that also ties into using automation and using your bots to help surface more quality leads and higher number of leads.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for a very insightful answer there. So uh, yeah, focus in on SEO and focus on getting the sales, uh, into sales alignment and the lead scoring working and taking time to do those things that will pay off. In other words, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 yeah but uh, it's, uh, it sounds, it rings so true to my ears as well. So with that, Sean, it was awesome to have a chat with you and hear some of the, uh, under the, Hood uh, from HubSpot and all the things you're working on there, and uh, extremely successful company. So thank you so much. And yeah, if people would like to contact you and and you know have a workshop or discuss those things more with you, Sean, where can they uh, find
1: you? Easiest place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, if you just pop my name in, I tend to pop up straight away. Just put it in Sean read HubSpot, on there instantly. Um, I'm also very active on the HubSpot community, so community.hubspot.com, so if you are ever interested in any the topics that I tend to talk about online or whatever, whatever it may be, I've probably written an article about it, so search me there, you'll find quite a bit of content, and I'm always happy to talk about these, these kind of strategies, so uh, don't be a stranger, reach out, and thank you so much Jacob for having me on as well, I really, really enjoyed the chat. Thank you, and uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, thank you for taking your time. Not a problem. Listen, I'm. Ha- here's to a happy and uh, optimistic twenty twenty-one. You too. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at
1: brightvision.com.